I'm so honored and blessed to be here. Um, Mike asked me to do this. I said, absolutely. Um, I'm, my, I lost my voice about a week ago. I'm, I'm, I'm not sick or anything. I just talk a lot. And so I'm not going to talk too much, maybe two or three hours today, and then get you out of here. I'm just joking. It's going to be short and sweet, but I'm excited. Um, yes, um, Mike was a handful when I first met him. Um, you're a pastor. I mean, but um, just I got to tell this story, buddy. Um, I was just so dogmatic, and finally he says, he goes, if you talk about Jesus one more time, I'm going to beat you up. So, so I, that's, I had to stop talking about, this is your pastor. He's on fire now. He loves people. He loves, but at one time, he, he threatened, and, he, and I was scared of Mike, because, I mean, he, we're both were Marines, but I mean, he was one tough dude, and so, he, so I was scared, but, but I kept praying for him, and then, and then Jeanette, got saved, and then he goes, he goes, hope you're happy my wife got saved, and I go, Lisa, let's start praying for Mike, and then a few months later, he got saved, and our lives have changed, and this is, you know, when you're first hungry for the Lord, you just want to know all that you have for God, and what God has for, for us, and for his people, and so it was just really fun growing with Mike in the beginning, so it seems like we might miss each other for months when we get back together, it's like we've been together, because it's been sealed by the Spirit, amen, so I feel like, um, I mean, I've just been honored and blessed to be here. Be, I've been here before. I just love uh, what, uh, what God's doing in the churches today. And so even our, our you know, I, I come from the downtown Christian church, DCC, but we work together. It's like, can churches work together? Can we just do what God's called us to do together? And so I'm excited to be here. Um, today I want to talk a little bit about act, activating your faith. You know, we talk about faith and sometimes, and, and sometimes, um, we feel like we need more faith or we feel like our faith isn't there. So I want to encourage us today that we have faith. If you're a believer of Jesus Christ, you have the spirit of God living inside you. You have the spirit of faith. It's part of the fruit of the spirit. And so um, in Jude 1.3, in New King James Version, it says, Beloved, I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend urgently for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. Once and for all, deliver for the saints. This, this is what we need to know, that we have it. We have the Spirit of God, and we have that faith. We have the Spirit of God living inside us. You know, in Mark 11, 23, 24, New King James Version says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, and he will have whatever he asks. Therefore I say, whatever you... Everything you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So, so Jesus, this is Jesus talking, and he's saying, believe what you have them. So what do we believe in? And think about this. In Matthew 17, 20, it says this. Um, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for sure they say to you, because of your unbelief. And he, what he was talking about in this story, I just didn't want to read the whole scriptures, but he's talking about they couldn't cast out the demon uh, of, of this man's son and stuff like that. And he was throwing himself in the fire. And he said, said to the disciples, because of your unbelief. And sometimes we think, and he goes, are you little faith? And a lot of times we think of little faith as like we need more faith. Um, I want to encourage us today. It's not more faith because I'm going to continue reading. But it, it, we, we, we just sometimes, our faith is fleeting, right? Today we're excited. And then tomorrow, right, we, it's, we, we're fearing, we're worrying, we're wondering what God's going to do. So the faith he's talking about is this constant faith in Jesus, focusing on what Jesus has done. 
So a lot of times we think we need more faith, but it, it, that's not what he said. He says, Jesus said to him, because of your unbelief, for sure I say to you, if you have faith of a seed of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from there, and it should be moved, and nothing would be impossible from, for you. Nothing. So now Jesus is saying, look, you don't need a lot of faith. You just need to, when he talks about you faithless in generations, when he says you lack of faith, it's because we're not activating that faith. We're not using that faith. But you don't need much, he says. Just a little bit, one of the smallest seeds. Because our God's big. We just need to believe in him. And so, so, so a lot of times, even in, in, even in the faith movement, these, you have more faith, have more faith, have more faith. I believe saying, no, activate your faith. You have it, even what, a little faith you have, that's all Jesus needs to know. The faith has got to be in Jesus. It's got to be in constant what Jesus has done and who he is and who we are. And so when we talk about the mountains, what mountains are we talking about? Do we, amen. Amen. Mountains, mountains, mountains of fear. The church the country, the world is just full of anxiety and fear. But God says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. But yet we are a church is so anxious and so fear. fear. What separates us from the rest of the, if we're supposed to be the church of Jesus Christ, if we're supposed to be sons and daughters of the living God, what separates us? What pulls us apart from the world? When we're just as worried and stuff like that. And here's what I want to encourage us today. It's okay and it's understandable when we're, we're it's naturally, we would, as natural human beings, we're going to fear. When we get tests and trials, we walk through tough things, we, we're going to fear. But we don't have to stay there. Sometimes I used to feel bad, like, oh, I'm starting to get anxious. I'm starting to fear. And I start feeling sorry for my, or feeling bad. I don't feel bad. Now I just get my focus back on Jesus. And I activate that, that faith. I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Okay? power, his power in us. The Bible says in Ephesians he can do exceedingly, abundantly above what we can even ask or think according to the power that works in us. His glorious power in us. Deuteronomy's power in us. So do you believe that? You know, I, I carry, I have this stone I brought today. Um, this little white stone. So a, um, a, a, a good friend of ours and lady of church had a vision um, at the beginning of the year about it's so important that God's people know their identity. And, and so what we did is we, um, as uh, um, elders in, in our pastoral team, we prayed, and we prayed for our people and we, uh, over them, and said, you need to know your identity. And then we gave everybody a stone to remember our identity. You know, and it's obviously a white stone. Jesus made us righteous. Sometimes we screw up. Sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we sin. We come short. But the devil wants to call us sinners. Now listen to me clearly. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sinless. I'm, I'm, I'm saved by grace. I make mistakes like anybody else. But I don't have my identity as a sinner anymore. My identity is saint, child of the king. I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. I've been made righteous. Because if I still see myself as a broken sinner, and I can't, then, then, then I'm gonna, how am I going to walk in that freedom from sin? How am I walking at victory? But when I start seeing myself that I've been redeemed, I've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, I am now a new creation. I am now a child of the king. The Bible says in Romans 8, 15, says he's not given us a spirit of abundance giving to fear, but he's given us a spirit of adoption that we can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Intimate Father, Daddy, God. That we are sons and daughters. Now, I wasn't raised, um, my father was really harsh. I was physically abused. I mean, I have a testimony. I'm not going to go into all of it, but um, I've literally, by the, when I, I, I went to my 
my mom and dad were divorced when I was five years old, and I lived with my dad until I was about 10 and 11. And um, in that time, I've seen him beat his girlfriends and his wives with machetes, with back of a pistol. I've seen him beat. He beat me. He physically beat me as a 10-year-old boy. I mean, physically with his fist um, and, 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 and just beat me, I mean, severely. And so I was angry. I was broken. had a lot of bitterness in my life. And um, so, and, and then he, then he, um, Later on, I try to renew my, my father passed away. I honor, I love my father. I've, you know, I don't know. I don't, he just didn't feel like he needed the Lord. But I, I, I'm, it's a sad story in some cases. But I love my father. I, but I remember trying to hook up him when I was an adult. And, um, and in, in the beginning when me and this got married, I've been married to this beautiful woman for almost 34 years now. And when we got married, um, you know, I was a broken person. I was very controlling. So I was physical to my wife. And, 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 and I was abusive to my wife, and um, because I, if I, you know, I was abused, so then I, I was, and I was bullied until I was, till I was 10th grade. Like when I, I, I had so much drama in my life, I peed to bed till I was 10 years old. So of course, you know, you get mocked when you're a broken person because kids are cruel. And back in those days, bullying was the thing to do. And so, so then I became a bully, and so I, a hurting person started hurting people. And then I and I rather and I never cried. And, and since I since I was a kid, I went crying. And then when I married my wife, um, the first time I cried, my sisters go, "Chris is crying," because I didn't think men didn't cry. And I was I and I've been in fights. I've been I've been arrested for fights. I, I mean, it's just the way I was. I was just so hard and so broken, so hurt, until I found the love of God. So now I'm a new believer, okay? But yet I have old junk in my life. We might talk about mountains, right? Old junk of hurt and pain. So I'm going to control my own self. I'm going to control my own destiny. You can't control yourself. You need to give yourself to Jesus. It's the faith in Jesus, what he's done, and we begin to believe that. So, um, so I, I, was, I was abusive to Lisa, and a couple of things, and I share this testimony. I, don't feel, I feel like sharing it. Maybe some of you need to hear the glory of God, but I believe we have a God of miracles. And so... So one time I was fighting with Lisa, and I threw an ashtray at her. Um, neither one of us smoked, but it was a knick-knack, and I just wanted to control her, and it hit her leg, and something popped out of her leg. And, and she goes, you hurt me bad. And I just, I was maybe three months as a believer. And I had, and, um, and then so I looked, at, and I'm like, oh, my God, and I just started crying. And then um, I just felt this power of God come over me, and I just prayed, and I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And she was instantly healed. There was no cut, no blood, no bruise. We're like, oh, my gosh. God's real, and we're called. We're called. God's real. We, so we were just on fire, and we started praying and fasting, and we just started seeking God. And we said, okay, we need to get serious because God, God's serious. Why do we have to wait to have some kind of tragic thing before we get serious for the things of God? Why do you got, I mean, this is a good testimony because I'm free. So then, so now we said we need to get involved in church. We need community. Church, you don't go to church because you have to. You get to go to church because you get to. Get around community. We need one another. And so... So then, so about three, about five months later, we started getting involved in church. We're, and it was a Sunday night. I remember it. We were going to a small group. And me and Lisa get into the fight. And I'm just, and, sh and she's strong too. She needed to be strong. And I try to control. And I literally picked her up from her hair, off her feet. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. Okay. And, and you could hear her. And I started hearing her hair rip out of her head because I was, she was off her feet. I just let go. And I ran out of the room. I go, I'm just like my father. There's no way I'm a Christian. And I wanted to kill myself. But in that, in that time, I was just too selfish to kill myself. So I said, I'm just going to leave. And I had, a, I had a, my oldest daughter, Brittany, she was, just, she was just a baby. I was going to leave and go. 
And then meanwhile, she's like, she's tough too. She goes, I'm done. And she makes her mind up. She makes her mind up. And she goes, she goes I'm done. I'm going to my mom's. When Chris goes to work on Monday. Um, by, the way, I was, um, um, by the way, I was working with Mike. That's when I first met him. You see, a broken person walking out of salvation. I'm telling people about Jesus, yet I'm pulling my wife's hair out. This is a, let's get real. We do things we shouldn't be doing because we're trapped. We're not believing and having faith in what the freedom that Jesus has given us. So, so she got, she's ready to leave me. She's going to leave me when I go to work and stuff. And all of a sudden she goes blind. Not blind, but she kind of, like, and all of a sudden God gives her a vision. Like, like a view master opened up. She tells the story better than I do, but I'm up here. She can tell. Anyway, she goes, and God goes, do not leave this man. For this is what I have for this man. And show me pre preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ 33 years ago. And praying for people and seeing people getting healed and delivered. That's the God we serve. That's the faith. I'm still living for that. I'm still living to complete all that God has for me. It took us about five years to walk that out. So people say, I don't know what God can do. I know what God can do. Will you trust him today? Will you believe him today? In your, where your mountains are? He's, a, he's real. And so that took us about five years. And it took another five years for her to trust me. you got to earn that trust. And I had to trust God. And I can remember the first five years, I'd look at myself in the mirror. You're a mighty man of God. You're a great husband. You're a great father in Jesus' name. You're a man of self-control. You're a man that walks with the Spirit. You're a man that walks with Jesus. I had to tell myself. Who needs to tell yourself today that you're a child of the King and that you're important and you're enough and that God has plans for you and all things are possible with Jesus Christ? This is the stuff I'm talking about. We're waiting for God to do something. We're waiting for God to come and rescue us. And God's saying, I rescued you 2,000 years ago. Will you believe me at my word? Will you trust me at my word? When I say you're my beloved, I say you're my beloved. And I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Are you willing to say, I want more, God. I want more. Let's talk about how we get more. If we're already, God already lives in our spirit, what does he mean by more? If he never leaves or forsake us, what do you mean by more? And I think when we say more, God, more, it's more of God's truth coming out of our hearts and souls. More of God's love coming out of our hearts and souls. More of God's purpose for our life coming out of our hearts and souls. This is what I'm talking about. Do you know what revival? Revival is not some kind of worship thing. Revival starts from the inside out. It starts in our hearts and our souls. God is real and he is merciful. So you're, you're I'm up here today, 33 years later, preaching this gospel because I've tasted and felt the deliverance and the freedom of God in my life. And I can't keep quiet, and I won't keep quiet. And this is what I'm asking you guys today to say, can you activate your faith? I call it faith grace. Faith grace. We need to have faith in the grace that Jesus, the grace that Jesus has given us. See, we're asking God to do something. And then when God doesn't do it, or we don't understand why we're going through this test and trial, or we're going through this pain, because pain, we're in a broken world, and this world stinks, and this world's not easy. But we're trying to say, God, just do this. God, take this. We're saying, God, take this problem from me. Just remove it. But sometimes God says, no, my daughter, my son, we're going to walk through this test together so you can experience me and my glory like never before. Sometimes we don't want that. Sometimes we see God as a genie in a bottle. Just rescue me, God. Just get me out of this. We need to learn 
can have a, I'm talking fast. But we need to learn how to activate our faith by trusting in the grace that Jesus has given us. That grace, the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and me as believers. Who believes that? Oh, you don't believe that? Should I rip that one out of the Bible? See, just because we don't believe doesn't mean it's not true. Will you believe today? If, you know my win today is, is you people, sons and daughters, go home with a little bit of hope and stir it up. What is faith? Something hoped for but yet not seen. That God's not done with you. He's not done with you. He's not. Yeah, but Chris, you know, I've been through a lot. I've been stuck. Well, guess what? He gets you unstuck. But what if I tell you the grace is you have the ability to get yourself unstuck through his grace and power that works in you and through you. God, just get me unstuck. Get me unstuck. Rescue me, Lord. Rescue me. And Jesus says, I rescued you 2,000 years ago. Rise up, daughter. Rise up, son, and grab a hold of my word. Know my word. We need to know his word. People say, man, Chris, you quote scripture all the time. You know why I quote scripture all the time? Because I pray scripture. I pray scripture over me. I say, Lord, thank you. You haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Then I say, Lord, so show me what it looks like to walk in that power. What I walk in that power. Lord, let your love perfect me as perfect love casts out fear. And you are perfect and you are love. Come and perfect me in that love. Let me know your love that passes all understanding. Let me know and experience your love. That's what it says in Ephesians, that you will know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That you might be filled with the fullness of God. That no means, everybody, I mean, we're taught that since we're kids. Jesus loves you, this I know. The Bible tells you so. That's what he's not talking about. He says, to know, to experience intimately the love of God, which is passes knowing about his love. Some of us know God's love because we're told he loves us, but some of us have not experienced his love. Why? Because we got wounds, we have hurts, and nobody gets in these hurts. We got walls up. I'm going to ask you, by faith today, for Jesus, maybe not for every person you know, but for Jesus, will you let your heart down? Even if you're a believer, I believers still have walls up because they're trusting themselves. They think they're going to protect themselves better than Jesus is. I'm asking you to lower your walls down today and activate your faith and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to trust you at your word that you love me and you have a plan for me and a purpose for me and it's good and not evil. Prosper. I'm quoting a scripture called Jeremiah. See, I love the word of God. We, you need to find, fall in love with this word. You know, you hear people, read your Bible, read your Bible. We get to read our Bible. This is our guidebook. The Bible says the word of God is living and sharper than two-edged sword, pierces the spirit, soul, bone and, bone and marrow, the stern of our thoughts and the tents of our heart, and the tents of our hearts. The word of God will tell you what you're thinking and why you're thinking. So a lot of times I just want God to fix it. Now I'm saying, God, okay, help me see your perspective when I'm walking through this test, when I'm walking through this trial, when I understand, when my feelings are all over the board, my emotions are all over the board. The pain's getting deep, Lord, but I will not take my eyes off you. Sometimes we just think being Christian is supposed to be kumbaya, everything's easy. Sometimes it's harder being a Christian. Because people judge us. They think we're crazy. I'm a Jesus freak, and I'm crazy for Jesus. But we go through the same tests and trials as anybody else. 
But the good news is we have the Savior. We have the Spirit of God that can help us and guide us and lead us through it all. Wow, think about that. What would that look like if we just start saying, you know what, I'm going to start believing God in His grace, that I am a child of the King, and I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Then, then you're not going to be asking God to come and rescue you. You're asking God, how do I walk this out? Now you become partners with the living God. The Bible says we become joint heirs. We get to participate with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and walk out our salvation and understanding as we're walking out our lives. You know, there's so much offense in the church today. Some of the, look at Paul. Paul got stoned. I believe he got stoned to death. But even back in, he got stoned. He got stoned. And back then, in them days, if, I believe he was dead and he got raised. But whatever. If you got stoned, they stoned you and left you for dead. That's what the Bible says. You know what he did? Said so he got up, the, the, the apostles, um, disciples prayed for him. He got back up and went back in the city. You know what most of us would do? I'm done. This isn't God's will. They just killed me or almost killed me. He went right back in the city. What, is he crazy? No, he knew his purpose, and he knew his destiny, and he knew his God. He goes, I can't stop. Think about that. Think about some of the, uh, some of the people that died for their faith as believers. But we can't even die because someone didn't say hi to us, or someone hurt our feelings. Our church isn't perfect. I'm not trying to yell at anybody. Like, I don't want my, my he's a mean guy. No, I'm not, I love you, and I love God's people. But I want us to get like, yes, he's right. My emotions are all over the place. I'm flipping and flopping around. I call it flopper fish. You know, y'all, the fish needs to be in the water when you throw it on the ground. It just starts flopping around. I need water. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need to be focused on Jesus. We need to get real with ourselves. That's how you activate your faith. We're waiting for God to do something. God's waiting for us to believe in his word and do something in us and through us. We have lost hope. How many people just need hope today? Just, just be honest. But we don't want to say that. We don't want to say that because we're not supposed to say that as Christians. I need all the hope I can be, get. But I got to get my eyes focused on Jesus, not on my circumstances, not on my pain, not on my frustrations, but on Jesus. Because he is my deliverer. He's my savior. He's all, all to all. And I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I'm trying to get strength. A lot of us, too, we look at our, our, our I pulled out about our identity. A lot of us are trying to have this faith, but we're trying to have faith as servants of God. This is going to, this scares people sometimes. I don't believe God wants, wants us to serve him. Let me pause and shake you up a little bit. I believe God wants to serve his kingdom, serve his mandate, and serve one another. He wants us to walk as sons and daughters. He wants to abide and walk with him and fellowship with him. See, if we see ourselves as servants, then we don't feel like we can sit at his table. We don't say that we can go and talk to him and, and experience his love because we're servants. And servants have to earn. They, they, they're slaves. They got us earned. But a son or a daughter gets to sit at the table and be part of the family. Jesus, the Bible says we're raised up in heavenly places. So just the difference of seeing yourself as a servant of God or a child of God. We must see ourselves as a child. But walk as servants. Serve his kingdom, serve his mandate, serve his purpose for our lives, and serve his people. But we walk knowing the love of God, knowing our God as Father, Jesus Christ as Lord, and Holy Spirit as friend.
The Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He will lead us to all truth. He'll declare the heart of the Father to us. Do you know the voice of the Holy Spirit? So we're going to talk about this. And, I, and this is another scripture. It says here, it says, um, I don't know how long I got, so I'm just going to go until I get tired. No, I'm just, <laughs> or until you guys get tired. Brother. Um, it says here in Ephesians 6, um, 16, 17, it says, Above all, taking a shield of faith, which will be able to quench the fire and darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I love that, the shield of faith, to quench those lies of the enemy. But a lot of times, a lot of times the church today is we're just living behind the, the, um, the sh of faith, the shield. And I know, and, and I've studied a lot of, you know, you know Roman, Roman warriors and stuff. They use the, sh the shield as a weapon too. But most of the time, they use the, the sword. So a lot of us, we're just scared and we're just hiding behind the shield of faith. But it says, take the helmet of salvation. I just talked about it five minutes ago. Know your salvation. Know that you're a child of the king. Know that God has a purpose, a plan for you. And then take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's time for the church to get on offense. Time for the church to start telling the devil what it is written. What did Jesus do when Satan tempted him? Three times, what did he say? It is written, it is written, it is written. So when, so when we're going to speak to our, I'm going to talk about, close with speaking to our mountains, but what is it? It is written. It is written that you don't have to walk in fear anymore. It's written that God has a plan and destiny for you. It is written that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's written that you're written in the Lamb's book of life and you're on your way to heaven as a believer. It is written you can do all things through Christ. Jesus strengthens you. It is written though he keeps those in perfect peace, those whose minds stayed on him. You know what the enemy wants to do? The liar. The Bible says that the devil's a liar. And all, he's the father of all lies. And all his resources are lies. He wants to tell us, he wants to tell us that we can't do it. He wants to tell us that we're not enough. He wants to tell us that we're just too broken. We're too stuck. Well, don't wake me up. Because I'm going to preach the gospel in, in my mistakes or not. I'm going to walk in that grace and that redemption power of Jesus Christ. Why don't you join me today? Let's walk out today so full of hunger to know God more, to take our authority, take the word of God, what is written. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, and Isaiah talked about what he did, but they described some of the things, and, and one of the things they said, they ripped his beard out in Isaiah, so me and you wouldn't have to be ashamed. You know, the church is right now shamed. There's people in this room struggling with shame, struggling with shame. It's from a pit to hell. It's a lie. Yeah, but Chris, you don't know. I've been really screwing up lately. I've been really stuck lately. My mind's been all over. I've been, it doesn't matter. You're washed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And you're his, you're his beloved and you belong to him. So shame will start going overhead. I could have, should have, would have. Anybody has one of those days you could have, should have, would have? So you start feeling shame. That's a mountain right now that we need to tell. Who's feeling shame? Tell that mountain to go to hell where it belongs. That's a lie. Fear is rapid. Fear in this place right now. There's people, man, Chris, you're right, man. Anxiety. 
is rapid right now in the church. Even today in this room, today we can tell that mountain of fear and anxiety to leave right now in the name of Jesus. There's people that are struggling maybe for provision or for help. And they're like, hey, I'm just stuck there. No, you're not. God said he'll meet all our needs, all our, meet all our needs according to the riches and glory of Christ Jesus. God said by the stripes of Jesus we're healed. So we go back to the written word of God and let it become alive to us through the Holy Spirit and power. What I'm trying to do today is encourage us today as sons and daughters, as believers of Jesus Christ, to take what Jesus has already given us and start saying, it's mine. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. It's done by grace. But I'm going to grab it now and hold on to that grace, and I'm going to walk out my salvation with fear and trembling that I will and do his good pleasure. The fear and trembling is the honor to what Jesus has done. When you start telling yourself that you're not enough, when you're telling yourself that you're not worthy, I'm going to get real tough on you guys now, but I love you all. But I sometimes I like to just hit the truth. If you're saying that you're not enough, you're not worthy, you're calling Jesus a liar. Or you're telling Jesus it wasn't enough. All that he did wasn't enough. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. It was all enough. He said it's finished, and he went to be with the Father. The Bible said he's the living God, and he sat at the right hand of the Father. You see what I'm trying to say? Sometimes we put our own thoughts before his thoughts. Proverbs um, 3, 5 is my favorite scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your understanding. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path and make him smooth. Then he repeats himself. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. I'm constantly starting to judge situations and circumstances in my own understanding. And guess what happens? I start to spiral. Get in my own strength. I start to fear. I start to go in my own strength. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm fighting one battle, another battle. I feel like I'm hopeless. I feel like it's no. That's a lie. But I'm not bringing those thoughts in captivity obedience to Christ. But the Bible tells us to do that. It says, bring all your thoughts in captivity obedience to Christ. What's that look like? What's that mean? Bring all your thoughts in captivity obedience to Christ. It means when your thoughts does not line up with God's word, who's true? God's word or your feelings? I'm not saying that circumstances and tests or trials are not real. They're real. And they're scary. And they're overwhelming. They're hurtful. I'm sure there's people in this room has been violated. They've been rejected. They've been hurt. So it's hard for you to trust. But I'm telling you, God's bigger than that problem and that situation. His love is so amazing. And this is where that, that's where transformation takes place. When we begin to activate our faith, we begin to walk out our salvation. Romans 2, 12, 2. says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to what everybody else is in this broken world, telling you that we're hopeless and, and we're going to hell in a handbasket and everything's broken and there's no hope. But be transformed by the word of God, by renewing your mind, saying, God says this, it is written, I'm not going to believe these lies anymore, that you'll be able to prove it is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. For your life. This is what I'm talking about. Will you join me today? Say, Chris, I'm going to start grabbing hold of something in this word, a scripture, and call it mine. I had to know that I was a son. And by the way, I was telling that story about Lisa, so Lisa had this vision not to leave me, right? And say, so she calls me back, and I'm ready, to, I'm ready to jump ship. She goes, Chris, God told me 
to leave you, but then he told me not to leave you because here's the, show me what I was going to do. Right when she told me that, I heard God's voice, just like you hear my voice. It wasn't so scratchy. It was perfect. He goes, I love you, my son, and I'm faithful to complete the good work I started in you. That's what God told me. He called me son. I heard it. She didn't hear it. I go, did you hear God? It was, it was an audible voice to me, but she didn't hear it. But God goes, I love you, my son, and I'm faithful, complete the good work I started in you. I wanted a daddy so bad because you just you heard about my father. Never had that relationship with my father. So I begin to know my heavenly father as daddy God. And I begin to study his word and find out what his word says about his love, his faithfulness, about who I am as a son. I started studying and understanding what my identity is as a son. And today, me and Lisa's marriage, we're a little bit of heaven on earth. You know how many, how many lives that me and Lisa have changed? We minister so many married couples. We change lives. And, we, and people tell us how hard their marriage is. And we start telling about our marriage. We're like, ooh, I guess you had one too, huh? There's hope for all of us. But I had to know I was a son. I had to know my, the answers for my destinies in his word. Sometimes we make this, this whole People say, man, Chris, you're so religious. I'm not religious. I'm a son. I know God's love. Religious is a bunch of works. I don't work for God's love. I already have it. I work to fight the good fight of faith to learn how to walk in his love, walk in his power, walk in his peace. There's some people in this room who haven't felt God's peace in a long time. You can, you can have it today. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited, but, I, but God's speaking to me a little bit, too. I do hear God's voice. And you know what? You know, here's a story. In 2001, in 2001, 9-11 happened, right? In 2001. And we, we have a business, and we are selling capital equipment. We sell machinery. Well, nobody spends money after 9-11. So we sold nothing from September 11 all the way to in December. So my business was just, and we were, in, we, were, we were in debt. We were struggling, trying to keep it alive. I had a couple of Christian business um, people there, my salespeople. They did this work for me for free just to fight the good fight of faith. I mean, God's grace. So, one, so I fell on my knees and I said, God, teach me to profit. Help me with this. I don't know what to do. And God spoke to me clear and he goes, my people never prosper or walk in victory in area they fear. Fear not. He said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Man, I just got such a breakthrough of fear. And it just changed my, it changed my whole thinking. I used to try to, you know, I was a strong personality. I tried to control, influence. I started trusting God. I started even handling my business different. But ever since I got breakthrough from fear, I could hear God's voice. I started hearing God's voice. And so I like watches. I collect watches. And, and, and we were really having some tough times back then. And so I wanted to buy... Um, I wanted to um, buy this watch. It was like a $250 watch. It's a Seiko watch. And, and I, I, I didn't have any money. So I get two 10s and a, or two 20s and a 10. That'd be a 50. Two 50s make 100. So I had two $100 bills in my pocket. And I'm like, man, I, I'm almost there. 50 more dollars. I'm getting that watch. And guy goes, I'm driving home. And, and we had neighbors. Their name was Kathy and Mike. You know how you have neighbors? You don't really know them, but you know their names. And so he goes, um, so God says, give Kathy and Mike um, the $200. And I said, well, Lord, what do I tell them? Just tell them you were saving up for a watch, and I told you to give it to them. So I did. So I go over and I go, hey, Kathy and Mike, I said, I don't know where your faith is. I don't know what you believe, but I believe God talks to his people, and God talked to me. And he asked me to, to give you this $200. And she started crying. And she looks at Mike, and she started crying. She goes, we are Mike got laid off at Steelcase, and we were $200 shy 
of our house payment. I said, only God, you can give us that. And God calls me. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. I go home. I hear from God. I hear from God. And Lisa goes, I go, I gave them, I gave Kathy Mike 200 bucks. Lisa goes, where'd you get the 200 bucks? I go, I'll tell you that story later. Six months later, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, visiting, because we lived in Memphis for five years, visiting some friends. We're in a prayer meeting. We're all standing around. And all of a sudden, my friend walks out. He goes, excuse me a minute. Right during the prayer meeting, comes out with a brand new Wittenauer watch, a $500 watch, beautiful watch, in a box and everything. He goes, he, he, I, he goes, I bought this for myself, and God told me to give it to you. If you don't want it, you can have it. And I go, no, and I told him the whole story. And I still have that watch today. I will never give that one away because um, that's from God. That's the kind of God we have. So when I say I hear from God, and I went through, I've been hearing God all the time. And by the way, I still have this $100 right here in my pocket. It's not even mine. It's right here. It's not mine. It's, and I, it, I've done this dozens of times, hundreds of times. I was in, um, uh, I was in um, Modesto, California 20, um, 18 years ago. I'm in this, I'm in this restaurant. And it, it, it had all kinds of like cop paraphernalia. It had like, you know, coppers. That's the name of the sub place. I'm eating my, uh, my sandwich. And God goes, I see this guy working on um working on these um, sandwiches. He keeps looking at me. I'm making eye contact with him. And then God goes, tell him not to fear. He's fearing. Okay, Lord. Okay. So I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to get this faith up to go tell this guy not to fear. All of a sudden, I hear Christian music in the background. I'm like, oh, he must be a believer. Okay, Lord, bring him out here, and I'll, I'll tell him. And so then I take a, it seems like I just looked down and took a bite of my food. Next thing you know, he's out there wiping tables. And I walk up to him. I said, hey, I'm always giving, excuse me, I think God's speaking to me. Um, I said, I go, I don't know where your faith is. I don't know, but God speaks. And God told me that he loves you and not to fear. He starts crying. He yells out in front of the whole restaurant. Everybody's sitting there. He goes, hey, God sent a man from Grand Rapids, Michigan to tell us not to fear. He goes, I, reti I, I retired from the highway, California Highway Patrol, and I took my whole pension and put it in this business. I'm like, wow. So I prayed for him. So then a year later, I went back and visited my customer, and I went into his place, and I brought him a little Christian businessman Bible. And, 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 and he goes, Chris, come in. He goes, meet my wife, meet my kids. I'm ripping the whole a wall off, and I'm, I'm building this all up. He goes, he goes, you're going to be famous someday. <laughs> because I prophesied over and encouraged him. But I'm like, praise God, it's all about Jesus. But that's the kind of stuff, when we get free from stuff, all of a sudden we can start seeing God more clearly. We can start hearing God more clearly. Amen? Amen. And I'm telling you, sister, I'm hearing, I'm talking to you. God has so much for you. And you're one that's been fighting battles. And you're one wondering what's happening next. But God says keep trusting him. He'll show you his goodness and mercy. So peace over you. And you're believing for something. You're trusting for something. And you're like, Chris, it's been hard. Don't give up. Stand up. Don't get up. Don't give up. Stand firm in what God's promised don't waver. Don't waver. And don't look anywhere else. Jesus has something for you. And by the way, there's some strength in you, and there's a boldness in you too, but you just feel like you've been worn out, you've been tired. But God says blessing over you right now. Just receive that strength right now over you. Just receive it. I'm not going to lay hands on you. You grab hold of it yourself. It's yours. Amen. There's people in this room bleeding for healing. Woman of God, talking to you. God's going to show you his love like never before. But you are worthy. You are worthy. And you're precious. God says you're his daughter. And he loves you and he's proud of you. I don't mean to be pointing my finger at you. I'm just excited. But really, 
God has a plan for you. And I don't know what your past was, but there's some, some things that weren't always easy in your past. But God goes, look to your future because he has a great future. So blessing over you, sister. God has a plan for you. Amen. You with the sunglasses. I don't know where your faith is. I want to see your eyes. I'm telling you right now, you know what I see over there? I see David. David, a man after God's own heart, a warrior. Not, not a man does everything perfect, but a man that God has a plan. God said you give all your heart to him, he'll use you all the days of your life. And I, sometimes it's hard to see that, but God wants to show you because there's a fighter in you. There's a strength in you. But God says your strength can only get you so far. His strength will carry you. I don't mean to be pointing your finger, but I'm telling you. But if you'll believe that today, God will show you his strength and his love and his power like never before. He wants to use you. Because when you put your mind to something, you'll go. Amen? And there's a strength in you that God's put in you. But that's not your gift. I mean, that's not your strength. That's his gift. It's just a gift that's inside you. So God has a plan for you. Study his word. Know his word. Because there's a strength. And I believe that you're, there's a boldness in you too. Amen? So this is what I'm saying. If we just, sometimes we just need to hear God's love and God's purpose for our lives. Hope. Hope. What's your name? Nikolai. He's real. God's real. Sometimes it's, I don't know if you just been going, and I'm not, sometimes we go through life, sometimes wondering, he's real. And you're so important to him. I don't know if you've been feeling lonely, trying to wrestle some things, and you're walking out your life right now, with a lot of pressures of life. Young man, God is real, and you're real to him. And God wants you, and he wants you, and he has plans for you. Trust him. He might say, but Chris, you, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't, but God does. And he's speaking to me for you. Amen. This is the, this is the hope that we have. Who's believing for healing in your body right now? I can't talk about how good God is and not give God an opportunity to move on your behalf. I'm speaking in people's life to encourage you, to stir up hope. That's God. That's God chasing you down. I don't know what's going on with you. Um, what's your name? No, no, Corey, your friend. Oh, Corey. Corey, Corey, okay. I'm telling you what. I just believe there's something inside you. Today, you needed to be here today for some reason. You need to hear this to be encouraged. But God, but God has place. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You're, you're believing for something. There's some transitioning going on in your life. But God says, trust in him. He'll walk that out with you. Know his voice because you can learn his voice. And if you, are you friends with Corey? Okay, he hears God's voice. I know Corey personally, so amen. Is that awesome? That's God speaking. So who, who wants to believe God for healing today? Who needs healing today in your body? Anybody? Okay. Okay, so what we're going to do, it wouldn't it be cool if I prayed for you because I'm a mighty man of God? No. Yes, I mean, I'm a mighty man of God. But no, you're a mighty woman of God. Woman. We're still, let's just believe God for healing. So why, why don't we all, why don't some of you who believe that God can use you, go put your hands, and some of you ladies, pray for these people that raise their hand. Who raised their hands again? Okay. Okay, someone else come over here and pray for, the, for this woman too. Come on. We're just going to pray for them together. You, because you know what the Bible says? Those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 
That's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. So those who believe. So if you believe, come over and pray for these people. Think about that. Come on. See, this we're doing. We're activating faith, right? We, of course, I can do it because I'm the preacher. No, you are sons and daughters. You're believers. We're going to believe for God to move. Amen? Amen. See, yeah, that's right. Come on. See, this is what we're doing today. Mike's going to say, what did you do to my church? They're all on fire. <laughs> no, we're going to start praying for one another. Amen. You're believing for healing too? Amen. All right, let's just pray for him right now. Father, we just thank you for your healing touch and your blessings in Jesus' name. Over all our brothers and sisters, we pray for healing, restoration, wholeness, newness, completion in the name of Jesus. We thank you for life and life more abundantly, Father. We thank you, Jesus, by your stripes we are healed. And your word says that we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So we thank you, Father, as we lay hands. And we just thank you for your healing power, your anointing, your strength in Jesus' name. Woman, you're strong. You know God's word. God's not done with you. Even though you might be fighting some battles, you wait. You just keep doing what God called you to do. Amen, amen. Blessing, blessing. Can I pray for you, my brother? Amen. I thank you, Father. Thank you for my brother. As you stir up the gifts in this man, David, David, fire in his bones, revival in his heart, wholeness, newness, completion, in Jesus' name. Amen. Sister, God hears your voice. He hears your cry. Keep running to him. Crying, don't get weary of doing good. You too, sister. God's doing something. You're in God's real. Don't look to the past. There's been disappointment. It's been hard to trust. It's hard to trust. But God says, trust me. Trust me because he loves you. Amen, 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 amen. Is this not good? Is this not good when we allow God to work in our lives, when we allow God's word, when we pray for one another? Amen? Amen. You know why, you know why, you know why, hey, hey, young man, you know why God's picking you out? Because God's calling the young people. You too. God's calling young people. Amen. The young people are going to change this nation. The young people are going to change this nation. I don't know what time you guys go to. I'm almost done. But I'm telling you, is this not exciting? This is exciting. I don't want to just get up here and talk about how good God is. I want to talk about his word. I want to experience God. I want to pray for one another. I want to see God. I mean, this is what we should be doing. And guess what? When we close this um, service up, we get start. This is a new day and a new week. We can go out. We can send ourselves off to go be a light to the world and the salt of the earth. We can tell somebody about Jesus, some hope that we have in ourselves, something that we experience of God ourselves. Sometimes you hear a message. You say, what do they say? We, we love it. And then, you know, Tuesday we forget what the message is about. Don't forget that your faith is activated because of you. Don't ask God to stir up your faith. You can ask God to stir up your faith, but you walk in that faith. Amen? I want to start a revival. Let's start a revival here at New Hall. I'm coming back. I love this place. I can feel God's presence. You'll see a lot of me. Me and Mike feel like God's just calling us together and working together. I want to come back. I want to, talk, I want to do a series on identity. Let's start some revival. But let's start up. Let's come back. I want to hear some testimonies. Go make your destiny. Go start revival from the inside out. We're waiting for God to pour his spirit out. And he did it 2,000 years ago through Jesus Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit power. Let's take this power. Let's take this joy. For the joy, Lord, is our strength. Let's get excited. My success today is, man, Chris, you're right. We got to start speaking to the mountains ourselves. We're waiting for God to remove this mountain. Remove this mountain from me, God. God says, speak to it. Tell it to go. Fear go. Shame go. Unworthiness go. Sickness go. Pain go. Worry go. 
sin, go. Some, some of us feel stuck today that we, we're just stuck. You're not stuck. You just think you're stuck. No, if you're a believer and you're G. Christ is Lord, you, you're free. Who the Son says free is free indeed. We have to learn how to walk in that freedom. We got to learn how to walk in that power. Well, walk in that faith. I hope you learned a little bit today of this man. He's right. We're going to find, find yourself seeking this word. Lisa reads the Bible every year. I read this Bible front to cover twice in 33 years. But I'll grab a hold of a scripture, I'll grab a hold of a passage, and I'll meditate on it. And it transforms my life. This is who I am. This is what his word says. And every time I start to struggle with fear, I find every scripture that talks about fear not. Every time I start to struggle with my own identity, I start talking what God says about my identity. This is how this word becomes alive. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Speak the word of God over yourself. Speak God's word over yourself. Tell me this is good. So at least I feel like it did good today. No, I, it's good. Let me pray for everybody. Everybody stand up. Oh, Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for mountains being moved of fear and shame. Thank you for answer prayer. Thank you for your voice today. And I pray that every one of us will leave change from glory to glory in your image. And I think that we can go out this, this week and be a light to the world and a salt to the earth. That we can walk with authority, confidence, boldness. We think that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's good news. And we're, we are your beloved. You belong, we belong to you. So we thank you today. I pray for every person here, every home and family represented here, that you're faithful to complete the good work you started in us. So we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless everybody.